Welcome back, everybody. It's Taco Tuesday! I'm Alex Padilla. I'm Alex Regla. All right, what's up, Alex Regla? How you doing today? I'm doing good, man. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. You guys can check us out on Twitter. I'm at AlexPadilla86. He's Alex at AlexMRegla on Twitter. You can catch his great work that he puts out basically weekly right on the throwdowns yeah i'm trying to make it a little more consistent so it looks like it's yeah. gonna be every monday uh going forward so yeah it's really it good stuff dude i've been reading him weekly i've been checking him out as much as i could i mean you put him out once a week so it's not hard to keep up with them so i thought this week's was really good about javel mcgee and uh so check that out on alex's twitter at alex m regla all right Taco Tuesday. Here we go for this week. Today is Tuesday the 21st. There's some stuff happening around the Lakers and around the league that we're going to get to, um, including Magic Johnson, including MVP, including JaVale McGee's vlog. Plenty of stuff, but I'm going to start off with the newsiest thing of the day, which is uh, Markeith Morris has joined the Lakers or is joining the Lakers today in Orlando will be tested, will be quarantined, but once he is and clears, then he will be the final addition, as far as I know, of the Lakers being joined in Orlando. Yeah, he was the guy, it was a mystery for a while there, why he wasn't in any of the pictures, any of the videos, the practices, that stuff, and obviously Frank Vogel and the team had to be kind of hush-hush about why he wasn't there in terms of privacy reasons. we still don't know why exactly he wasn't there. And I think they said today he still has to go through health protocol before he's cleared to play. Um, but it sounds like he and his brother are now, I think his brother might be there today already. So His brother practiced today. Okay. Okay. So his brother's, it sounds like his brother's been there for a few days already. I mean, he had to be there for a few days already. Mm-hmm. So this is good news, and, like in terms of just having another body mm-hmm. on, the, on the roster. So, yeah. Yeah, and that we, we were, you know, we, we were trying to figure out where he was last last week whether he was there or not and then once we signed off i believe the next day it was reported and confirmed that the morris brothers were not in the bubble and obviously we've seen players kind of leave the bubble zion has left the bubble for personal reasons we've seen players not even get to the bubble yet russell westbrook was tested positive for covid he's not there yet so it's not like a complete uncollapsible bubble um so he showed up also some good news if you're an nba fan that is expecting these games tomorrow exhibitions to start um no positive tests in the bubble since july 13th which is a very 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 positive thing for those of us that want the season to resume and hopefully finish so that is the uh most newsiest thing of the day today wouldn't you say i would say so i I think a lot of fans were kind of that was the thing they were still looking for was where was markeith and stuff because like i said it was very secretive uh in terms of where he's been but like i said it basically in this kind of setting every player is going to be important just because we don't know who's going to be available or not from on a nightly basis so just having him specifically is, is helpful yes and i want to start off with the person that you wrote about on your um throwdowns this week i want to talk about javel mcgee's vlog Mm -hmm. uh he's done i believe four or five uh episodes or whatever he calls them vlogs from the bubble i think they're super entertaining when he eats food (laughs) because the vegan options are not the greatest as the ones provided by the nba in the in the eating areas but obviously if you watch tuesday's episode he and jr smith were eating in a very nice looking restaurant and he seemed to be very excited about his meal but 
I don't really care too much about that to talk about on this po- on this podcast. What I want to talk about is, did you notice what I noticed? That after the team scrimmaged, JaVale McGee turned on the cameras and he was congratulating all his white team, white colored team for winning the, the, the scrimmage. Anthony Davis was on the purple side of the, on the losing side. And, you know, AD and him, they had some fun. And then when AD turned away, JaVale turned the camera to him and AD said purple until the day i die you know what that means that he's going to sign the, the max contract extension he's going to be a laker forever yeah so i thought that too i think like that's laker friends first instinct is when they hear that like they immediately will jump to oh it's a done deal right um i i hope it's not more uh, just like the realistic just because he was wearing the purple jersey representing the purple team that that's what he meant in a joking way but uh I, I think I did notice AD does seem to really like his teammates, like in this video, like in this setting. Like I, I always kind of take a look at that in terms of free agents, how they kind of interact with their teammates, if they're having a good time. Like remember when Paul George, before like he, like he was about to be a free agent with OKC, every report we heard from him or every kind of interaction we saw with him with Russell Westbrook and his teammates, it, he looked like he was a big fan of being there. And mm-hmm. then just so happened he resigned there. So hopefully this is kind of a sign that AD is leaning the same way. I've been a proponent of getting the player in the door and not yeah. letting, like, ch- leave it up to chance anymore because of Paul George and because of what happened in Orlando in Oklahoma City, because there was so much, pretty much like guarantees being swirled around that he was going to the Lakers, and then he gets traded to the Thunder, and then he loves it there, loves Russell Westbrook, resigns, and all of a sudden it's like, wait, what the hell happened? Mm-hmm. Thought he was coming here. So I think the moment you get them in the door, you're basically auditioning the city, the organization, the amenities, everything you could do for the player. There is no bigger free agent pitch than having him in your door. So yeah, I think the the him getting along with LeBron, like they seem to be like super good friends, like little brother big brother how many times anthony davis over for taco tuesday the name of this podcast you know so i think it's a really good sign obviously it's just speculation us just goofing around about the whole purple to the day i die but it was like you know i I was like he knows what he's saying like (laughs) you hang you hang around lebron enough you get to know everything you say will be used against you you know and, and it did seem like it was very, like, off-camera thing at first. And then JaVale kind of mm-hmm. pointed at him right before he said it. And he kind of had that big laugh. and kind Like, yeah, he knows, like mm-hmm. you said, he's a clutch agent. Uh, I mean, a clutch uh, client. He knows basically everything he's going to say, specifically regarding his status on the team going forward. His free agency is going to be spread all over the news. And I just looked, and it says JaVale is trending in the NBA, which is, like, the first time I've ever seen that. <laughs> Um, it's not because of my article, oh, yeah. unfortunately. It's because of this, uh, this, th- his vlog and this Anthony Davis thing was the biggest thing that came from it. Yeah, I I tweeted it out like a while ago, and then now I see that some other dude tweeted out the same exact video, and his is blown up way more than mine. I'm not bitter. I'm just putting out the observation. No big <laughs> deal. Um, <laughs> I uh, I I just think it's cool to see what Javel's done so far with his vlog. Obviously, there's another player on the Sixers. His name leaves me at the moment. Uh, Tybel. Who, Matisse Tybel, Tybel. yeah. Who the rookie's doing it. So it's kind of cool to see a vet embrace it. Like, hey, man, I can probably make a lot of money. I'm going to get a crap ton of views. And you really do get an inside look of what the Lakers are going through. And for the first time on Tuesday's vlog, we saw 
a LeBron sighting. I don't know if you've seen all of them, but I've seen most of all of them. And LeBron hasn't really made any appearances. Obviously, like he pans pretty quickly a bunch of times, so he may have been in there. But LeBron in the bus. So maybe Austin Rivers was wrong. Maybe Austin Rivers is staying where all the other teams are staying and is traveling the way all the other players are traveling because he was on the bus with JaVale McGee. Yeah, it was very brief. Like He was kind of panning over all the players who were in the bus with him, and LeBron kind of had his old little section in the back there. Um, but yeah, he was there and, yeah. uh, looks like he's participating in all these videos and stuff. So yeah, he's, he's definitely participating with the team. Definitely. So, um, that's our breaking news. Anthony Davis will sign the contract max <laughs> extension. You heard it here first on taco Tuesday, silver screen and roll.com. Uh, so you can go ahead and run with that Woj when you come back from your suspension. Um, <laughs> speaking of lebron uh so much he's been in the news so much obviously he did a, a little media thing yesterday where he was talking about you know 2020 sucks i mean being in a bubble you can't really complain i missed my mom during quarantine and of course the mvp conversation because what would be the nba season without a legitimate mvp debate i mean the nba loves two things who's the goat Who's your top five? And then, like, who's the MVP yearly? You know, that's really the two things that everyone always is LeBron or, or Jordan. And then, who's MVP every year? NBA talking heads love this conversation. I think a lot of people are just bored, too. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I think a lot. Well, there's no basketball yet. Like, thankfully, we're going to get basketball again tomorrow. So, a lot of this kind of narrative stuff will go away. But, um, yeah, like, I, I think LeBron. It's it's hard because Giannis has been so good this year. Like I, I obviously we don't watch him as much as we watch LeBron, but like just in terms of like the numbers or any any basically any metric besides passing really, Giannis has just been amazing this year. But I like I was looking over LeBron's like numbers today, like just randomly just to like look at how good he's been. And it's insane how good he's really been this year, especially his passing. It's just it's crazy what he's able to do at his age and um, I think he'll get some MVP votes, though. I, I don't think it's going to be unanimous yeah, or anything. Unanimous. Um, and, and I think that speaks volumes, again, because Giannis is putting up crazy numbers, and yet LeBron is still right there with him at his age, in a tougher conference, having to deal with the whole brand-new roster, a new star player he has to work into the system, no other real creator on the team except him, and right in, from the get-go, he's top of the West. Like, that it's hard to like understate what LeBron's done this year. Yeah. And I do a daily sports podcast and the guy that I work with, he said, he asked a question today. He was like, why did it seem like LeBron was campaigning openly to be the MVP? Like, what does he care at this stage in his career? Is he really worried about MVPs? And I, I just think it's a pretty simple answer. I think Michael Jordan has five MVPs and LeBron has four. He's right there, yeah. you know. Like, why? Of course, he's campaigning. He wants to catch his idol, his hero, his the guy he's looked up to, one of the guys he's looked up to in MVP. That that means a lot. I think we all understand that LeBron is very much aware of his legacy and he, what he wants to leave behind when he's done playing the game. I don't think he's going to be able to catch Michael Jordan, whether you think so or not. I don't know. As far as championship goes, I mean, we we're three and six, so. I don't think he's going to catch him with that. But if he catches him with MVPs, that means something to LeBron personally. It may not mean anything to me and you that LeBron has and Jordan have the same MVPs. I think they're both great, blah, blah, blah. But I think it means a lot to LeBron to catch Michael Jordan and potentially the way LeBron's playing, maybe even past Michael Jordan in NBA MVPs. 
I, I think LeBron also, he's, he's kind of proven that throughout his career, he's a player who kind of remembers every little like jab that's thrown his way. Like last year, the whole thing with him was, well, because they missed the playoffs and everything, and uh, he didn't have the greatest of seasons that the whole washed kind of narrative came out around him. So uh, he really wanted to prove people wrong this year. And I, I, I bet you, like in the back of his mind, he wished he would win MVP this year to kind of like shut everyone up. And also, like, he, I think he tweeted out, like, uh, the thing I mentioned about the Western Conference being harder in that he was able to do what he did in the East because it was so bad all those years. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I think he wanted to show this year that it doesn't matter what conference he's in, he's still going to dominate, and he showed that again this year. I mean, coming into the season, there was so much that he had to prove, right? Yeah. I can do it with the Lakers. I can play with another giant superstar. I can come back from it the worst injury of my career and he proved that he can do all of that he's adaptable he seemed to be pretty coachable this year which was also a big storyline mm -hmm. going into it he wanted Ty Lue they didn't get Ty Lue now he's got Frank Vogel he has no experience with Frank Vogel is Jason Kidd going to take over is LeBron going to push Vogel out the door none of those storylines ever came up like to the point where now it sounds like Jason Kidd might even end up as a Knicks head coach because it's worked out so well so um, LeBron proved a whole lot of stuff this season. I don't know how you have doubters, but I mean, every player does. But I don't know how LeBron has doubters where they still think that he's 35 and he's putting up these kinds of numbers. Yeah. It's insane. Giannis has more points. Giannis has a better field goal percentage. Giannis has more rebounds. Um, you know, Giannis has the best record in the NBA. So everything that LeBron had back in the East, Giannis has now. So who the MVP is, I think it's going to be Giannis. Uh, Frank Vogel said it should be LeBron. LeBron thinks it should be LeBron. Uh, just ask you. I, I say Giannis. Who do you think it's going to be? I think it's Giannis as well. Um, I, th I think that was like midway through the season. Like it, it's it's tough to like break uh, voters like minds into, when it comes to this stuff. Like I think halfway through the season, I think Giannis as the MVP was already kind of cemented. And it didn't really matter what LeBron did, even if he was crazy good. I think in those voters' minds, like, they have that guy. They want to pick him. They're going to mm -hmm. pick him. And he's deserving. Like, obviously, Giannis is an incredible player. Um, but I think being MVP, and obviously that's a big honor and stuff, but I would still pick, like, LeBron in a playoff series, like, against anyone, really, until it's shown he can't do it. So I, I think it's two different things. And I, hopefully this just motivates LeBron even further in the playoffs because mm -hmm. they didn't get announced that they're going right. to reveal those awards during the playoffs. Right. So here's another thing that goes along with this whole storyline that came out today. Uh, voting begins now today for the 2020 NBA awards. And they, they did say that voting will be based on games played from the start of the regular season through March 11th. So that was kind of the question, like, LeBron, do you feel slighted that you didn't get those final, I think, 19 games yeah. to, to make a final push? Which it seemed like the Lakers were about to make a crazy push. They beat the Clippers. They beat the Bucks. I know they lost to the Nets at the end there. But it kind of did seem like LeBron was gearing up for that playoff mode. And who knows what happened in 19 games. Maybe LeBron could have blown out and done it. But the NBA announced you will be voting only through games on March 11th. And they will be announced, the awards in the playoffs that's something that you know is is going to be pretty cool so let's say i don't know whoever wins it's, it's going to be extra motivation for the guy that doesn't win absolutely I, I love the timing aspect of it just because like we, we will get these players kind of live reactions on the floor 
uh, and they might feel slighted, they might feel angry, they didn't win a specific award, and they might go out there and try to prove a point. And I think that's always fun, uh, and it always makes for good basketball when those guys feel like they have something to prove. And like LeBron already has a lot of chips on his shoulder. He has a lot of. To, he feels like he has a lot of prove. He wants to win this championship, knowing that he probably is not going to have that many more chances in his career to do so. And uh, if it gets announced that Giannis is an MVP and wins Defensive Player of the Year, you're going to have AD and LeBron kind of going out there trying to prove something. Mm-hmm. Well, don't get too carried away with these awards because if you ask one former NBA executive, he says LeBron James is the MVP. And you know who that executive is? That's one other than Irvin Magic Johnson because he chimed in this morning with all of his awards. Well, I don't know if it was him or whoever types his <laughs> tweets out. But Magic Johnson revealed or tweeted this morning. This I'll just read it directly. LeBron James is definitely the MVP this season. He's almost averaging a triple-double with 25 points, 10 assists, and basically 8 rebounds per game. His defense has been amazing, and there is no better leader in sports. Magic Johnson would give LeBron James the MVP. What you say about that, Alex? I mean, it's tough to, tough to disagree with Magic or I guess whoever's tweeting for him nowadays, but... Uh, it is funny that a lot of the words he handed out are either current Lakers or former Lakers in terms of Ingram and the most improved player. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not surprised he picked Lakers in this. Um, <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't pick Frank Vogel. Like I, well, yeah, if we can finish, uh, we'll just go through them real quick and then we'll discuss them. Uh, rookie of the year, according to Magic Johnson, John Morant of the Grizzlies. Not even close, he says. Okay. Defensive player of the year, Lakers Anthony Davis, which I think a lot of people agree with. Coach of the year, surprise, Grizzlies Taylor Jenkins and Brandon Ingram as most improved player of the year. And then he held out for executive of the year because he knew he didn't want to give it to Rob Palinka. So he said, I can't make up my mind between Pat Riley, Jerry West, Rob Palinka, and Sean Marks for executive of the year. I can make a case for all of them. So you were about to say you were surprised that he didn't give it to Vogel. I am. Uh, not that uh, the Memphis coach is Jen- Tyler Jenkins. Um, he did a great job this year, especially considering that amount of young players they have on the roster. A lot of them did not expect the Grizzlies to compete or even make the playoffs. So he did an incredible job. Uh, but yeah, I am kind of surprised he didn't pick Vogel because... I wouldn't think of Magic as kind of like a hardcore NBA fan in terms of how much he watches like the Grizzlies play versus the Lakers. Mm-hmm. So I thought he'd kind of go more mainstream picks here. So I, that surprised me. I got to go against everybody here. Okay. I think Nick I think Nick Nurse is the coach of the year. He's another one. I agree with Dude, that. Yeah, he's very good. Because, we listen, Frank Vogel has been uh, uh, a great coach that the lakers have worked with this year obviously not saying no mm-hmm. like obviously he he has done fantastic but nobody nobody thought the raptors would be 46 and 18 nobody everybody thought once Kawhi bounced that this team was just going to be who knows what and there they are second place in the east man so i have a friend who's from canada and before the season we were kind of do like over-unders in terms of like the Raptors specifically. And yeah, I told them like, they're probably maybe make the playoffs, like maybe the seven, eight seed, but I did not expect the top two seed, one of the best defenses in the league. And they've also had to deal with so many injuries this year. Like it, it's insane. The coaching job he's done coming from the G league and everything like that. Even having Kawhi, Danny green, both your 
top defensive wings leave, uh, it's incredible the job he's done this year. Yeah, yeah, it's really – I mean, so it's been incredible the way that when you think about uh, big personalities, which the Lakers have a lot of big personalities, mm-hmm. lots. So that's like a, a thing that I don't think ever really gets talked about enough with Frank Vogel, the ability to manage all these personalities and not become a meme team and still have – a successful season you're the first place in the west by five and a half games currently like that's a really incredible job that he's done this year because it could get carried away from you but he's done it you know and and to the chagrin of many fans he's done it in different ways by playing rondo a ton by you know not kuzma hasn't really evolved the way we thought he would so there's negatives here and there but the job vocals done i'm not trying to, i'm not trying to dismiss it at all i just I, I just don't think it's surprising that the lakers are where they are I think it's super surprising that the Raptors are where they are. I think with Vogel or any coach who would who would eventually coach this, like that was going to coach this team, it was just a matter of being able to kind of limit any combustible kind of things that would go on in terms of the front office, to the roster, to the stars, all that. And I think even in that vlog today, you can see how calm, like how this calming effect he has on yeah. his players. He's like, such a dad, dude. <laughs> Oh my, it, it, how are your ratings doing on YouTube? In the best of ways, though. I, I think this yes, team needed yes. a, a dad figure. Like, Luke Walton wasn't that. I think he was kind of your buddy. Kind of your buddy. And I don't think being your buddy is going to work on a LeBron team. You need a guy who kind of has a respect level for the players. And I think from that first opening press conference, he, he kind of preached that this kind of. Uh, union and kind of relationship had to be from the front office down and i think we've seen that like god there hasn't been like one negative report this year in terms of the franchise like in terms of the coaching staff uh rob uh genie like anyone and i think yeah. like obviously vogel is not the one who's handling all that but i think he has had a positive effect where it does kind of go you know from the coaching staff to the front office to the roster and it kind of starts with him so uh, again, the the record's probably not surprising given the talent on the team, but I think everything else surrounding the team has been. I think that, that speaks volumes to him. Yeah, I like the way you said it too. Like They kind of needed that dad personality because he's not super overwhelming. He's not super aggressive. Which I'd, be, I'd be curious to kind of figure out how, you know, he's not a Greg Popovich, right? Like he's not yeah. going to go down as – the best coach of all time he's not gonna you we know the personality greg popovich has i don't i'm not necessarily sure that that kind of personality is conducive as great and adaptable as these play lakers may be i'm not sure if that kind of personality from a head coach would work with with the lakers so i just do i think i agree with you completely on the way that they lucked into vogel mm-hmm. he was not their first or second choice and um and he's done a great job so to me Nick Nurse is my coach of the year, but I could make an argument for Frank Vogel, and I don't think I ever would have thought about the Grizzlies coach. Yeah, I think I'm right there with you, actually. Like I, I Nick Nurse, just considering everything that team's gone through uh, to be where they are, and given the like, I know the East isn't great and stuff like that, but they still have better records than the Celtics, uh, Miami, some other really talented teams, and to do that with basically. Like, who's your best player? Siakam, Lowry, Gasol. Like, it, it's just, it, you can't say enough about the job he's done. But with Vogel, like, the Lakers have to be thrilled that, like mm-hmm. you said, they looked into this guy who just so happens to be exactly what they needed. Now, it'll be interesting to see what he does in the playoffs. Because we know if he has a bad playoffs or he 
the rotations are weird and he's playing guys over other guys, then you know it could all start up again, all this fuss. What about Brandon Ingram as as most improved of the NBA? Yeah, I was going to ask you that. Do you, do you think he's a worthy candidate? Like, obviously, he's a worthy candidate, but do you think he deserves that award? I, I can't think of anybody on the top of my head that that kind of went from, like, I don't really know about this guy to to turning into, like, an all-star, basically, you know? Like, he did become an all-star, and he did improve his field goal percent, his uh, three-point percentage, his free-throw percentage. His points went up by six points. I mean, if, if I'm being super biased here, I don't think anybody improved more than KCP. But that's just, <laughs> KCP, like... KCP, yeah. I mean, dude, he went from... from everybody wanted to rip their hair out to now he's going to be a vital piece in order for the Lakers to win. Um, I could see the, the case for Brandon Ingram, uh, obviously making a joke, but I think, I honestly think KCP improved way more than I've seen anybody else, but I watch a lot more Lakers than I watch Pelicans. So I was, so uh, yeah, Ingram, I think his shooting specifically is just way better now than it was last year. That's a huge improvement that he made, not just, percentages wise but just the volume like he was just not shooting threes last year like not 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 just not making them but he just wasn't shooting them and now he's shooting up like six seven shot three point shots a game like that's insane jump um i was it's either between him and bam for miami like i think Mm -hmm. bam had a really big jump and it's gonna be a really big part of their their team going forward and i think he's a huge reason like besides jimmy Butler, why that team's that good um Luca also like I know he was already good last year as a rookie but like he was legitimately one of the top five six players in the league this year as a sophomore like that was crazy even a guy like Tatum I know he's a Celtic but he improved from last year like so there's a lot of good candidates um but yeah I think either Ingram or Bam for me I'd probably go with those two yeah I mean even too if you just search most improved player NBA like it's you know, one of the first ones comes up. It's 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 Ingram, it's Luca, Tatum is in here for some reason. So, um, yeah, there's a it, to me. I I kind of only really only focus on coach and MVP. Mm-hmm. Six man, it's always like a Lou Williams because he just scores so damn much off the bench. It's kind of hard to just be like, how can you not say that about him? But if we're speaking Lakers wise, I know that's kind of a new team. But who would you say for Lakers is for you? And the uh, most improved. That's tough. Because um, I know it's a lot of changing pieces over the off season, and you know maybe we don't have too much, too many improvements. We might see declinement. Like Kakuzma, people might say he declined so far this season. So, just do you think that the Lakers have someone that can qualify as most improved this year? Probably. I if I wish there. I, I mean, I guess Dwight. I would probably say Dwight in terms of this team, just because of where. Not just on the floor, but off the floor. I mean, lately, not so much so. He's kind of had some negative stuff come up with him lately. But oh boy. Um, in terms of his whole season, like this, this was a guy that nobody really wanted on their roster to becoming a key part of the top team in the West. Like that kind of development was something that no one really was expecting. Like you and I, we were optimistic about the signing. Like I would, I would say. We, we both understood he was the guy who had the best ceiling in terms of what he would offer this team versus the other candidates. But I don't think even we could have like uh, envisioned like him being this good. So I, I would say maybe no t- chance. I think Dwight would have been in the running or like the comeback player of the year if they had that uh, word still and stuff. But uh, besides him, like I thought a guy like Caruso also was a guy who deserves some 
I mean, not not to win the award, but just some praise because again, a, a guy who barely played at all last year was in the G League for most of it, to becoming really a, another key rotation piece uh, piece for the a possible championship team, and a guy who's going to be expected to play major minutes down the playoffs. Like, uh, that's another guy who deserves some praise for sure. Yeah, I totally agree with that, too. Um, I'm surprised you didn't say KCP, though. I guess we don't feel the same <laughs> about KCP. Um, but, yeah, I mean, those are that's gonna those are the uh, all-star awards for Taco Tuesday, or MVP awards for Taco Tuesday. Um, LeBron is not our MVP. Sorry, Laker fans. Do not kill us, please, uh, on Twitter. I just think Giannis is the MVP. Do we both agree on Nick Nurse, too? I think we do. I, I think you convinced me. Like I was leaning Vogel, but mm-hmm. I just think I just think Nurse just had to deal with so much in terms of that team this year, uh, and I think the talent on the Lakers is so good. But again, we're not. I, I I would go Nurse and then Vogel, and the fact that Vogel's in that conversation just speaks volumes to how good he's been this year. All right, got it. Uh, executive of the year. Any thoughts on that one? I think Rob Polinka has a good case. I think so too. <laughs> I do think so too. Um, again, another, another. I mean, you could win that award simply on someone like Dwight Howard. Yeah. Like just the fact that you took that chance, you could have gone a quote safer route. You know, you could have gone. There was we talked about all the options he had, and he went with the highest risk, highest reward guy, and it worked. He also hired Frank Vogel this off season. He, so it's yeah. uh it's really it's i mean being a homer again probably but i really think it's really hard not to pick rob Palenka here jerry west there he doesn't have like any, a specific title with the clippers you could also argue that the clippers team is is, is stupid good and mm-hmm. and that's and that's great but i think what rob did and then the whole storyline like he no longer has magic either holding him down or helping him whatever way you want to look at it i think rob Palenka to me is the executive of the year in terms of roster construction, yeah, I mean, this team basically transformed again over the summer. Um, he didn't bring back some familiar guys like McGee, who, again, I wrote about and I mentioned that deserves a lot of uh, praise also for the season he's had. He's been really impactful. One of the, I think if you're looking at advanced metrics, one of the top four most impactful players to the Lakers this year has been Javel, And that was a guy that a lot of people didn't really want to be brought back. Like again, again, Rondo. But, oh, let's not forget, <laughs> which I'm, we already forgot. He traded for Anthony Davis. There you go. And like, I mean, that's <laughs> uh, uh, people forget. Like, that's a huge deal. Like, that's going to be a cornerstone of the team, hopefully for the future. And to, purple for life, man. <laughs> the day I die. And he got he got shit on for that deal from a lot of people mm-hmm. as well. And obviously, New Orleans is going to be fine. Like, they're good. They're going to be fun. I think that's like one of the rare trades that helps both teams. But to be able to structure that deal the way. Uh, it's really hard to do that for blockbuster deals. Uh, he deserves a lot of praise. Dwight, like you mentioned, finally getting shooters around LeBron. Like, they had to deal with the whole Kawhi thing. Like, they they had to deal with Kawhi waiting to make up his mind and then quickly, quickly detouring from that and getting guys like Dudley, who's been a solid veteran, like locker room presence, Danny Green, um, bringing back those other guys like KCP, re-signing Caruso. Imagine if they didn't re-sign him. Mm-hmm. Um, just a ton of little small moves, and even get, like, what's the one move that didn't work? I guess it's Boogie because he got hurt. Yeah, but again, that was a solid like upside play. I like, think mm-hmm. a lot of people thought that was a good move. Maybe Rondo again, but 
But he's being played a lot, so it's almost hard to like blame Perinka. It, it is true, and it seems like all the players like him too. So, um, yeah, I mean, I can't like besides maybe some like number figures, like maybe overpaying a guy like Danny Green, even though he's been so good this year, like underratedly good. And the way he structured those deals will be interesting too. Those are some smart two-year deals where a lot of those guys can get flipped next season as expiring contracts now. Like, so that was kind of smart on his end, ahead of a, a salary cap that we have no idea what it's going to look like this offseason, who's going to have money, who's not going to have money. And now they're already going to have most of the roster coming back next year with the ability to flip them because they'll be expiring deals. Like, Danny Green and expiring deals, something to look at next year in terms of if they're trying to make any trades or not. So I thought he made some kind of savvy signings that a lot of people kind of didn't think he had in him. Yep. So those are awards for us uh, for the 2020 season. We'll see what ends up happening in the playoffs. And then if LeBron has any Michael Jordan and he doesn't win, I'm sure that the, he's going to wreck the playoffs. But I don't know if he's as petty as Michael Jordan was. I think he is. I think he's pretty petty. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Alex. Well, we were going to talk about some like list on, Be- on Bleacher Report today, but I don't feel like we need to bring it up. I mean, we could say that Bleacher Report – uh, did a ranking of all 22 uh, starting lineups in the bubble, and they ranked from best to worst. They put the Lakers at 11th for the best starting lineup. So, yeah, so basically the way, if for those who didn't read the article, basically they just use net rating, which basically is your offensive rating minus your defensive rating and then how much you have, you know, plus minus from that um, to kind of figure out these lineups. But they're... Uh, they they used a lot of small sample lineups here. Like I like the Lakers, the the lineup they chose had KCP in it, which again didn't play that much. Two hundred fifty three minutes is really nothing. Um, obviously, that's gonna be the starting lineup going to the playoffs. So I get what they meant by that. But eleventh, yeah, I, I'm not sure I agree with that. All right, yeah, me neither. I I just don't think that you could ever have a starting lineup that says the names LeBron James and Anthony Davis and not and have it be so low. I just I just don't get it. I I I get their their formula, but there's just even if this doesn't make sense to me, even their small sample size too. Um, the Lakers went seventeen and three with KCP starting Avery Bradley. Yeah, I mean, and they chose so they chose the Pelicans number one. Just kind of spoiling the list for people, but. But they did have an insane net rating again, but I mean, I'm not sure that that's 19 games basically of Zion. Like that's mm-hmm. not much at all. Uh, and Zion's not in the bubble for now. Yeah, he's not in the bubble, so I'm not sure he's got to get back soon, right? I mean, it's the 20, it's the 21st, 22nd, depending on when you're listening. Games start on the 30th. Yeah. So I, I not a huge fan of this list, but again, a lot of people are <laughs> bored and they need to get some content out there. So. Yeah, well, whether you agree with us or disagree with us, you can let us know on Twitter. I'm at AlexPadilla86. He's at AlexMRegla on Twitter. Check out the throwdowns. Subscribe to the newsletter. Read it. You, you become way smarter. I know that I don't, I don't dare come on this podcast until I read your newsletter because I sound smarter when <laughs> I steal your stuff. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's free. So if you guys want to sign up for it, you guys still can over on my Twitter. But, uh, yeah, I appreciate it. All right. Well, we will talk to you next Tuesday. Um, I believe we will be Lakers will maybe be like two or three exhibition games in by then. So we'll we'll see what's going on with that, and then we'll be gearing up for next 
on the 30th, whenever day that is. I don't remember. Is it a Thursday or something? something but uh, yeah. yeah, I think it's a Thursday. Either way, basketball is very, very. We could say this. How about this? Game start next week. That's crazy. We got baseball and NBA on the same day this week for us, at least. So, okay, do you bring that up? You bring this up, and uh, and I want I want to get your thoughts on the Dodgers going into the sixty-game shortened season. Is this the year? Oh, if it, yeah, it's a wrap, man. I just, this offense is so good. <laughs> like they they just squashed Arizona. I think like ten to one or eleven to one. Twelve yes. to oh, one shoot. yesterday. Um. I was um, um, here in San Diego. You know, I watch what's on TV, and, and the Padres were on TV. And uh, they played 11 innings with the Angels because they wanted to do those those extra inning that. rule things. Yeah. 1-0. <laughs> Angels won. It's going to be rough again, but at least it's only a quick two-month you know, mini torture. It's not a full-length one for us down here this year. Very true. And anything could literally happen in 60 games for baseball. Dude, so. If you go on a skid, which That's teams it. do. Yeah. You're kind of screwed. You are. So, like, San yeah. Diego, they can start off insanely hot and then win the division just because of that. So, yeah. if you start off, it, like, crazy. you know, if you start off 30 and 10 somehow, like, you're probably first place. Exactly. So, that's what I'm saying. Still, it, it's yeah. impossible to predict baseball this year. But it their is, offense it, is, is extremely stacked right now. Let me ask you another question. Sure. This was a talking point that we had on the uh, ESPN show last week. Um, do would you trust Clayton Kershaw in a game seven? Oh man, I love Kershaw. Like I feel so bad for him because of all that playoff stuff. Um, if he, yeah, I mean, if he was my last choice, I, I mean, I would have other pitchers on the Dodgers. Uh, like I'd much rather have Bueller start a game seven. But if it was down to it, I mean, I I still love Kershaw. And I just I, I I would because I can hope that he pitches well and he kind of breaks that that narrative of, of him kind of struggling in the playoffs. So do you trust him? <laughs> um, no, it's cool. If you don't, man, I get it, dude. What happened last year and the years before it's totally understandable and it's not betraying Kershaw. I mean, it's just history. He hasn't been that great in the playoffs. I trust Kersh. Even, even if he struggles, I, I think he, he has it in him to, to kind of get out of that slump. The thing about baseball, dude, it's such a mental game. <sighs> Like, I don't care how good you are. Like, the amount of history that Kershaw has in the playoffs to just throw him out in a Game 7 again, I would be oh, incredibly shit. nervous. Incredibly nervous to watch him, to be him, to be his teammate. Oh, man. You feel for the guy. Like, I, I yeah. remember what happened last year. Like, the camera went right to his face, like, in the dugout. And like you said, the mental side of it, he looks devastated. Like, he looks crushed. And... Like, and it sucks when it happens to like a nice guy too. Oh, he's like his, all the charity work he does and stuff like that. It's like the nicest freaking player ever, and you know, you you kind of want him to have that success as an outsider. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, he deserves it. He's one of the best pitchers of all time. Um, and it just he just can't get catch that break, I guess, for lack of a better word. So, we'll see. Baseball starts on Thursday. If you're a Dodger fan. Dodgers Giants obviously the rivalry is a little downplayed right now because the Giants are going to be pretty crappy but uh 60 games I'm going to watch as much baseball as I possibly can this year 
Might as well. Like, there's nothing else on. I watched the the Cubs play the White Sox on Sunday night on ESPN. Like, just because I was like, ooh, baseball. American baseball on TV. Yeah, and we got Lakers Mavericks this Thursday as well. So, LA fans, they got two things they could watch this week. Well, that's a whole other conversation that I would love to have with you at some point. Um, So, for the seeding games, (laughs) the Dodgers and Lakers play... Every seven of the eight seeding games, they play at the exact same time. What are you going to watch? Oh, shit, that's tough. I mean, I'm still going to watch the Lakers. Even, even if they don't right. even, these games don't even count, they're scrimmaging. But, you know, but you know that once they get into the playoffs like and the World Series, they could easily be playing at the exact oh. same time. I mean, I'll probably just have, like, watch it on my laptop and on my TV at the same time. It's going to be crazy for LA fans. I'm telling you, dude, it's going to happen where the Dodgers are playing meaningful games, the Lakers are in the playoffs, and they're playing at the exact same time. I'm going to be so curious to see the actual ratings for television, to see the way Twitter reacts to whatever. I was like, what are you guys actually watching? Like, imagine we get, like, Lakers Clippers this year, and then, like, we also get, like, a World Series with one of the LA teams or something. It's going to be insane. It's possible. It's very well possible. So, all right, dude. Uh, We'll talk to everybody next week. Subscribe, Spotify, Apple. Uh, Check us out on Twitter, uh, at AlexPedia86, at AlexMRegla, silverscreenroll.com, Throwdowns newsletter. Do it all. Alex, talk to you next week. Thanks, man.